I have been thinking about Congressman Lewis and many of our veteran freedom fighters this week, and it came to me that they were all troublemakers. I had to ask myself if I am or if I ever was a troublemaker. That might sound strange when you're talking about a man or woman of God, because as Christians, we've been instructed that we are to be peacemakers. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Some people think of Jesus as a peacemaker because he's called the Prince of Peace from a messianic prophecy made by the Jewish prophet Isaiah over 600 years before Jesus' birth of birth in the city of Bethlehem in Palestine. Since we believe Jesus is the Son of God, he embodies the title Prince of Peace. One day the kingdom of God will be given to him and he will become king of God's kingdom where peace, righteousness, and joy will reign forever. But what we misunderstand sometimes is that peace did not mean that Jesus was in agreement and that he was in harmony with the spirit and the attitude of his day. In fact, it was said of him on multiple occasions, there was a division because of him. We could say that there was a contention, there was irritation, a disturbance, or we could just use the word trouble. Jesus said of himself, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. The word sword used here means a large knife used for killing animals and cutting of flesh. Then there's another definition that means strife, fight, or combat, a person's at variance, a quarrel. In Matthew 10, 34, 36, Jesus said, I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. In other words, Jesus said, I have come to cause trouble. I came to disturb you. I came to start a fight to shake things up. I came to force you to choose sides, opposing each other. Jesus was a troublemaker. He overturned tables in God's house. He called religious leaders snakes and vipers. He stood against laws that oppressed, bound, and kept people in change. Elijah was a troublemaker. He was forcing Israel to choose sides. His very existence agitated and irritated King Ahab and especially Jezebel, his wife, who had Elijah on the run. Elijah made them miserable. He was a man of God who spoke the truth without compromise, without fear, and without favor. Elijah sounds like a man of integrity to me. There is such a tremendous need for men and women of God to be like Elijah, to stand up in our pulpits, in our homes, in our schools, in the White House, and declare what the Lord is saying to us through the word. Not always necessarily using scripture by quoting chapter and verse, but still proclaiming the heart and nature of God's word. I believe right now, spirits of men and women need to be agitated, stared up. I believe we're standing on the edge of a tsunami. And I believe there's a wave of God's power that is getting ready to hit this world. There is a powerful anointing that's going to take place. God said he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. God is raising up some modern day troublemakers who are going to go out and shake things up everywhere they go. God is going to, he's getting ready to accelerate some things because he's setting some things in order. And the church has to be quickened into action so they will be ready, willing, and able. The Bible is being fulfilled right in front of our eyes, and many people have still not accepted God's free gift of salvation. Sadly today, the attitude that has prevailed in our land is to be tolerant and agreeable, harmonious, even peaceful, open-minded but compliant. Just, just accept everything. Be a pacemaker and don't rock the boat. But since the murder of George Floyd, we can see some things have shifted
We see many peace, people peacefully protesting, excluding the rebel rousers, because they will no longer be silent about injustice and the disproportionate amount of police brutality on black people. Black Lives Matter is now a movement against these atrocities. It has become a marathon that seems not to have an end. But at the same time, we are standing up for human rights. We need God to raise up more leaders like, in the, like Elijah with that troublemaking anointing to stand up for kingdom rights. Black Lives Matter is not going to take people to heaven. Many people still need to be saved. Just like Congressman Lewis demonstrated in his life, he didn't come to join the establishment. He was not interested in making everybody happy at the top. He was not trying to please the systemic races or hold up the flag for the wealthy by trying to find a happy medium and fall in line. Just like Jesus and Elijah came to draw a line between sin and righteousness, John Lewis came to draw a line, a line between right and wrong, a line between true and false, a line between justice and the injustice, a line between equality and discrimination. Yes, he was a politician, but that was the means that helped him do it powerfully and nonviolently in this nation. For too long, Christians have tried to blend in, to go along, to get along, to be tolerant, to be not not be judgmental, not to speak up for those whose voices are not heard, and not stand up for those who are powerless. And some Christians have become so mixed up and confused, and every kind of worldly, perverse, and ungodly thing has slipped into the church. I know some people in church don't like to hear this, but you know I'm telling the truth. We cannot confuse being a member of a church and being a citizen of heaven. Social drinking, gambling, homosexuality, wife swapping, shacking up, fornication, adultery, pornography. And now the church is opening her arms to embrace religions that don't even recognize Jesus as the Son of God. We should be more vigilant about what we describe to be holy living. Some people promote the Godhood of self and reject the blood of Jesus as the only remedy for sin. Today, a preacher has to be so careful what he or she says in the pulpit because it might have offend someone. They could be held liable, but it is the Spirit of God that convicts us all. If we preach the unadulterated truth of God's Word, the Word will find the fertile soul and God will deal with a person's heart. It's time for some preachers to stir up some people with the Word of truth. I have been called everything but a child of God. I've been called a rebel, a radical, a renegade because I've refused to compromise the word of God, even if I'm at fault. The word says in Romans 3 and 4, let God be true and every human being a liar. Like John Lewis, I have often started trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble, stirring up the spirit and shutting down the demonic activity that was loosed in the atmosphere. Think about this for a minute. There are kinds, there are all kinds of people in this world. Some people are sweet, kind, and considerate people. Others are caring and compassionate people who would give you the shirt off their backs. Some are always looking on the bright side, always see the best in others. There are those who never meet a stranger, and they have a kind word for everyone. They are the kind of people that make you feel good. You like being around them because they can turn a bad situation around with their positive outlooks and attitudes. Then there are some people who are just mean, spiteful, and hateful. They're selfish and rude and inconsiderate, and they don't care about anybody but themselves. There are the people, kinds of people nobody wants to be around because they bring a negative atmosphere with them everywhere they go. Can you think of some people like this? Don't answer. 
But then there's one more type of person I want to mention, the troublemaker. This is a person who is known for messing stuff up. This person lays awake at night trying to think up ways to cause confusion and destruction. This person is not happy unless they are tearing something up. They are committed to this attitude and behavior and lifestyle that they are known as troublemakers. When you see them coming, you hear yourself saying, here comes trouble, bad trouble. We have someone like that trying to lead us in this country. But I'm talking about a different kind of troublemaker. One who stares up good trouble. One who spends time in prayer and meditation, asking God for wisdom and the power to make a difference. People who are willing and committed to stir something up for the betterment of humankind. I just wonder what the devil's crowd says about you and me. I wonder if we carry enough of the fire and power of God that we even disturb the devil. In Acts 19, 14, 16, the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out demons in a man. The demon spoke up and said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? Then the man, possessed by demons, beat them up and they ran out of the house naked and wounded. What those demons were saying was, Jesus has made trouble for us. He's on our list. We know we better watch out for him. And Paul is on our list too. He causes trouble for us all over this country. But we don't see your name on the list anywhere. John Lewis even started a lot of trouble for us. And we had to lay down our weapons. I just wonder if you and I even made that list. I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a troublemaker. I want to make trouble for the devil. I want to make trouble for the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness and high places. I want to make it so hard for people to go to hell. I want to make it hard for people to be sick and not get hell. I want to make it hard for the discouraged and depressed state, discouraged and depressed because people in their country are not taking care of them, leadership. Make it hard for hypocrites to feel comfortable in the, in the house of God. Make it hard for God's people to stay broke. Especially make it hard for false prophets and hirelings to fatten their pockets by preying on the ignorance of, of the, or the simplicity and the generosity of God's people. Acts 13, 26 is brethren, sons and daughters of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God. To you, the word of this salvation has been sent. We instructed to lift up the downcast, encourage the discouraged, and warn the wicked to flee from the wrath to come. You can call me old school and you can say I'm stuck in the mud and old way of thinking, but I'm not stuck in the mud, I'm stuck in the blood. We can't get away from the message of the cross. We can't get away from a Savior who shed his blood for me and for you. It's the blood that saves. It's the blood that delivers. It's the blood that heals. It's the blood that breaks Satan's power over our lives. Uh, yes, I want to make trouble for the devil. Good trouble. Necessary trouble. As our dear brother Lewis said, if I see something that's not right, not fair, I have a moral obligation to do something about it. Stand up. Speak up and speak out. Be a change agent. Brother Lewis said he didn't have any extraordinary gifts. He said, I'm just an average Joe who grew up a very poor in rural Alabama. He was the boy from Troy who stirred up good trouble, necessary trouble. He also said, but you have to have hope. You have to be optimistic in order to con continue to move forward. You cannot be afraid to speak up and to speak out for what you believe. You have to have courage, raw courage. Jesus spoke the truth enough. He challenged the establishment, the religious leaders, the fat Pharisees and the Sadducees of his time. He did not compromise. He spoke the truth in love. The spirit of the Lord God was upon him because the Lord anointed him to preach good tidings unto the meek. He was sent 
to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the prison to them that are bound. Congressman Lewis said, we might not have chosen this time, but this time has chosen us. You were born for this time, not 200 years ago. This is your destiny to be here now. He said, it's not enough to come and listen to a great sermon or message on Sunday morning and be confined to those four walls and those four corners. You had to get out and do something. Even though we're somewhat confined by this time pandemic, we're not confined by the walls of the church right now, and we can still do something. If you're not hopeful and optimistic, he said, then you just give up. You have to take a long, hard look and just believe that if you're consistent, you will succeed. Be hopeful, he said. Be optimistic. Never lose the sense of hope. He also said, I believe that you see something that you want to get done. You cannot give up. You cannot give in. Like Jesus, Brother Lewis taught us forgiveness. You have to have the capacity and the ability to take what people did and how they did it and forgive them and move on. God has to help us with this one. He said his parents told him in the very beginning as a young child when he raised the question about segregation and racial discrimination. They said, John, now don't get in the way. Don't get in trouble and don't make any noise. But when John Lewis heard his heavenly father telling him to make trouble, he got in the way and he stayed in the way. He never thought he was exceptional, but he had an exceptional call in his life and he accepted the call. My call is to tell everyone God sends my way. Anyone listening to my voice that in no uncertain terms has the message of the cross changed. There's only one way to be saved, and that is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sin. Hell is a real place, and people will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. I hear the Lord saying the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. There are multitudes on their way to hell because they have rejected the love of the Savior. I know there's a doctrine being preached today called the gospel of inclusion, and it says that everybody is saved already. They just don't know it. This doctrine says that God is love, and he would never send anyone to such a horrible place as hell, even if it is a real place. This deception rips the heart out of our evangelism. But if by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and our sin, as our sin sacrifice, we are forgiven and redeemed, and through the faith in Jesus' sacrifice and his blood that was shed for us, we are brought into right relationship with God and preach for heaven, then the message is valid and is, will remain valid until Jesus comes. One of the main assignments for Christians in this life is to make disciples of Jesus Christ and advance the kingdom of God. Go into all the world. Sheep beget sheep. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I want to be like Elijah, John Lewis, Jesus, John the Baptist. I want to be a troublemaker. I want to speak truth to power to make the devil tremble in his boots. I finally realized one day that God's calling, God's anointing on my life was not for the purpose of making people comfortable, but making them uncomfortable. I love souls, but I refuse to sugarcoat the word of God so people will like me or what I'm saying. The message has not changed. You must be born again. There is a spirit that is trying to destroy God's people and destroy the church. We need to get a backbone like Elijah and stand up to the spirit of compromise that is invading the church and our world. I believe God wants to anoint each one of us with that same boldness and the same audacity that Elijah had on Mount Carmel. The world needs some Elijahs, some John Lewis's, some C.T. Vivian, some Dr. Martin Luther King's. Our predecessors have set the pace. Now we have to carry the torch forward. 
Ask God for that same spirit that refuses to compromise regardless of consequences. Tell God, fix me so that I can be a troublemaker, the right kind of troublemaker. I want hell to go on high alert every time my feet hit the floor. Elijah turned the nation back to God. One man, anointed by God and filled with holy boldness, stood up and made trouble for hell. And the fire of God fell and the nation was saved in a day. Today, America needed a hero. A strong leader like John Lewis fit the bill. He pricked the conscience of Congress and the American people as a silent witness as he watched truth marching on. He set the stage for voting rights and he said, the most powerful nonviolent change agent we have is voting in a democratic society. If we don't use it, we can lose it. John Lewis fought to build a national museum to commemorate African-Americans and their contributions to this country so we can know and further story our salient history. He bridged the gap between movements across the world to make change for the disenfranchised and the marginalized wherever they live. Not only do we want to redeem the soul of America, we want the Lord to redeem the soul of sinners so more people in this world can walk together as children of the Most High God and not get weary. Weary when the infrastructures of oppression, like our Dear President Barack Obama said, infrastructures of oppression tries to ban us from the promises of God and the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that is our inheritance in this country. It's time to serve the devil notice, to shut him down. Some of us have been putting up with the devil's mess long enough, and he has caused grief and pain in your life. But the tables are turning right now in Jesus' name. It's time to draw a line and knock the devil out of your life and set some stuff straight once and for all. It's time to start some trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. Allow God to make you a troublemaker for the cause of Christ. Let God stir up your gifts and then get some souls fired up for Jesus. To be a troublemaker for justice is to be a peacemaker for God. We not might be able to do as much as we want to do during this pandemic, but we can sure make sure we vote and make sure all our family and friends vote, even our neighbors. It's our right. It's our duty, a way to make good trouble for those who refuse to do what's right for the people they represent. Become a troublemaker for justice. Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down.